Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan. On this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we are happy to have Chris Barnes and Stu Williams join the show. They are both not only two of the greatest bowlers to ever lace them up, but they also are internet celebrities as they host a fairly new program called the Beef and Barnsey Show. Make sure you check out their show on Facebook and YouTube channels and give them the support that you give us. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying the show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It would mean a great deal if you did. And if you really like what we're doing here, head over to InsideBowling.com and pick up some merch. You can save 15% off site-wide with coupon code IBSHOW. Just a reminder, elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So let's get to it. Episode number nine with Stu Williams and Chris Barnes. Happy NFL Draft Day, everybody. Mike and Matt back with you here on the Inside Bowling Show. Today's a good one. We got Stu Williams and Chris Barnes on the show here today. want to welcome everybody in. Uh, and Matt, today is the NFL Draft. That's kind of the lead story today. I just got an email from Lowe's, Lowe's Home Improvement. I don't know if you're familiar with the company at all. Sure am. Sure am. You ever heard of Lowe's? Sure am. Yeah, they just sent me an email that says the 2020 NFL Draft is here. And I'd like to know, what does that have to do with, uh, with Lowe's? Yeah, honestly, I'm not familiar with the partnership between Lowe's and the NFL, but uh, there's got to be something there. There's got to be something, I guess. Everybody's trying to capitalize on the NFL draft today, which is going to be the the most watched draft in the history of the NFL. And many people are wondering, you know, what's going to happen today on that draft? How many uh, issues are going to happen? Is there going to be product placement in the background with these draftees? They've been given strict guidelines on what's going to happen when they go live to their homes. Uh, and what's going to happen with all the different picks, all the quarterbacks. It's really deep at wide receiver this year. But I lead with the NFL draft today because I decided I would wear my Tom Brady jersey because uh, one of the folks we have on the show today, Stu Williams, a huge Tom Brady fan, to the point, Matt, and you didn't know this until we show prepped, nope, that he named his son Brady for Tom Brady. So uh, that's why I'm wearing this today. It's Amazing. NFL draft day. I'm pumped up. I also threw the hat on today because we've had multiple guests talk about how my hair is out of control. Haven't got to the point yet where I'm going to let Kim cut my hair or cut it myself. Um, so just today, just popped on the hat. I wish I had a Patriots hat. I don't. It would have matched better. 
But in the meantime, TB12 right here, Tom Brady, big move to Tampa. And we're going to be talking about that with Stu today. We'll be breaking that down as well. So uh, we do have Stu ready to go. He was he was punctual and on time today. Uh, as a matter of fact, even even early. He was even early. And last week I, I was on that mock draft show, which we're going to get to with both of these guys. And I showed up four seconds before we were going on the air, right? So I knew Barnes that I was driving him crazy last week when I did this to him because we had our show and, and now today he's not here yet. So uh, he will be, though, I certainly hope. But if not, we'll get plenty from Stu. We'll just have to shift our show prep around a little bit. Uh, I've been talking about the NFL draft, Matt. What do you think about the NFL draft tonight? Are you as hyped for it as I am or do you just not care? Uh, you know, I used to be a big New York Giant, New York Giants fan back when we were winning Super Bowls, um, and that was throughout my childhood. And I loved football. And then, you know, once I really started going to college, the Giants have really just sucked since then. So I've kind of lost my passion for uh, football and really gotten into basketball here. But I'm always excited to watch drafts for professional sports leagues. It's cool to watch kids uh, realize their dreams and get drafted, and you know, change their their livelihood. Their help their family out. So it's always cool to watch, but I don't think I'm nearly as hyped as you or Stu maybe. Yeah. Kim, Kim, actually, uh, I told her, I'm like, I, like, I'm like, I think Sunday we were making dinner and I said, uh, you know, we got a big week ahead, you know, she's like, Oh yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on the social media with this and that your show. Every, I'm like, no, no, no. Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm barbecuing. I mean, I'm ready to go. I mean, the weather is nice here. I'm, I'm coming to you from Ogden, Utah. What is your actual town you're in, Matt? I'm from Plainview, New York. So I'm on Long Island. I'm about like 45, 30, 45 minutes east of uh, New York City by train ride. So relatively close to the heart of the city. Can you, can you, how long does it take you to get to Times Square? Uh, yeah, so it would take me, I would have to take the, the train into New York City from Long Island, which would take probably about 45 minutes. And then I can either walk to Times Square or I can take a subway to Times Square um, all in all from my house to Times Square, it'd probably be about an hour. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to work off air about doing some funny bits in Times Square where you get on and ask people stupid questions and make that part of the show. That's going to be part all of right, that's responsibilities from now on. Cause I know it'll just be so easy to do. To oh yeah, absolutely. And they have everybody dressed up in costume. So I'll go like hang out with Elmo. Elmo is always in Times Square um you know I, I can i can find there's like always power rangers and transformers and stuff so we can get some good clips for the show no doubt a couple other housekeeping things that we do need to talk about here is we are an inside bowling show and we've done a pretty crappy job of this but we do have a merch store on on our website insidebowling.com and you can use the coupon code ib show to save 15 percent over there we're going to be launching some new products next week uh, it is a way to help support the show. It's one of the reasons why we did the show was to promote what we do with our store. Obviously, with coronavirus, a lot of people are experiencing unemployment. Money is tight. So if you can't come over, at least share something for us. Spread the word to those that can't afford to do some of that. We do appreciate it. It does go a long way in the longevity of the show moving forward. The second order of business is, is we launched a new venture with Mike Shady last week on last Wednesday. Uh, we uh, put together a... Um, five tips for the USBC open championships, which isn't going to start until September now, 
but we did put that together and it's out on YouTube for you to view. Go give it a, go give it a look, go check it out. It helps support us as well. You know, you'll see a little 15 second pre-roll ad or whatever. We'll get a half of a penny for that, which we appreciate. (laughs) And then this week we launched our second in a series of 16 videos every Wednesday. Look for those, go over, watch the videos. They're really, not only do they help us, but they help you a lot with your bowling game. And this week it's how to fix your arm swing. So that's available out there on YouTube. And then uh, next week, we're going to do how to, how to hook a bowling ball and a bunch of other ones. So make sure you check out those shady videos. Yeah. I actually we'll have to make sure we tell Barnes to tune in for the how to hook a bowling ball one. Um, yeah. This way, uh, this way he can use some of those tips he got from Andrew Anderson that time they were in Asia. Apply that to, with the video of how to hook the bowling ball and um, he'll, be, he'll be in there. That's true. That's true. Um, so uh, the other thing I want to talk about was yesterday Shady called me because he calls me on Wednesdays wanting to make sure that, you know, everything's cool with the video, how it came out, what do I think of it. You know, we break it down almost like it's the NFL draft of how this video is performing four hours in, right? Right. And so Shady and I have gotten to know each other pretty well. We had this long discussion about how he bought this Traeger grill uh, for things. I've heard they're amazing. Joe Rogan has one, and he always posts it, and everything he cooks looks amazing. I have one as well, and we were sharing recipes yesterday afternoon. That's what we were doing, just to let people know a little bit behind the scenes on on what we're doing. But while we were talking, he he watches our show every day, and uh, he's been enjoying the Dan Patrick references and just how much I'm getting enjoyment out of that, right? And I, and uh, he goes, "You should have Dan on your show," and I'm like, "Mike, look, dude, I know you're a fan of mine." Uh, but dude, I, there's no way that I'm going to get Dan Patrick on the show. And he actually, he talked me up. Like he, he was a coach yesterday for me, basically convinced me that Dan Patrick is going to be on our show. All I got to do is just put some effort into it. And it's just going to happen. So I don't know how that's going to happen. We could probably play like that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, where we go, you know, figure out how we're connected to Dave, Dave Ryan, who already mentioned that he would contact other daves to have on the show right but he knows tarico mike tarico really well syracuse guys right and i know tarico can get in touch with dan patrick so if we could ever get dan patrick on this goofy show of ours that would be like i don't even know how we could do it we should put we should put some sort of a reward out there for anybody that's viewing that might know him we should be like hey we'll give you 10 free t-shirts on insidebowling.com we'll give you a case of bowling balls we'll well, we should set something up, a reward for people to encourage him to get on the show. Yeah, and Scott asked a question. He goes, uh, what's the hat? It is a Blues hat. Um, I'm a St. Louis Blues fan. It's actually the one team that I live and die by. Most of the other le- sports leagues, I just am a fan of the of the leagues, and I'm a fan of individual athletes and coaches and stories. So uh, Emily's excited for Beef and Barnsey. So I think maybe we should just go ahead at this point and get the update on what's going on here. Let's bring in the uh, the better looking of the two. Let's bring in uh, Beef Stu now into the program. Uh, Stu, thanks for joining us, being on time and being part of the show. Um, I think the first thing we should do before we get to the barn subject is can you explain the board behind you and what that represents? Well, my wife is a big Woody Page fan. Um and he always has the chalkboard behind him when he's doing any of his shows or whatever. So my wife decided that that was going to be a part of our show. So she stole the chalkboard from our uh, son's room. And now it resides on top of a uh, plastic moving case 
So I, would, I would have guessed a four ball case box, by the way, and I would have lost. No, no, it's actually a long uh, plastic uh, trunk, I guess, is the best way of describing it, that has the additional electronic items in it for the house. So we pulled that out and we tried a, we tried a box and that wasn't wide enough and we tried something else and that wasn't. So this was the only thing we could find that would uh, get it into view properly. And uh, yeah, so there we go. Um, for anybody who, uh, Mike, a long time ago, uh, worked with Storm. Yeah. The main reason why he lives in Ogden, Utah. Yes, that's true. Um, and uh, me and my wife used to tease him because Mike's answer to everything at all times was always Pete Weber. So I think that anybody out there, what I really wanted to say was find someone who looks at you like Mike looks at Pete Weber. <laughs> there wasn't enough space on the chalkboard, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the way we're going with it. Yeah, and I love Pete so much that this is episode nine of the program, and he has not been on yet. Just just for the record, how the times have changed, right? Yeah, but that just because you you're saying that doesn't mean that it's reciprocated from Pete. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, we will have Pete on. By the way, it will happen. So are we going to get Barnes on with us to... Uh, what, to what, what is the story? He's your tag team partner. Well, he says he's waiting. Is he not in the green room? No, he's not in the green room. Okay, well, I guess he's in the wrong spot then. Yeah, I mean, I sent, I sent the, leak, the link way in advance. <laughs> um, way, way in advance. Um, I could... I could him now. He says you aren't there. Yeah, no, he's not. In because the-, the point is, is we use this software every day. I know. That's what's great. And, and the difference is we've never been a guest. So we were literally texting with each other <laughs> about the fact that I've said, are you here? And he said, yes. And I said, oh, that's weird. I didn't realize that we weren't in the green room. Like, we didn't know whether guests can see each other both waiting. So there we were, and we go, oh, it's weird. And we both write, ha-ha, isn't it weird being on the other side of it? We then wrote, man, it's annoying when the host just leave you in the green room for this long. We won't ever do this to a guest. Okay, we've got him now. Okay. He's there. He's there. Do you see him, Matt? Boom, he's here. There we go. Hey, Chris. I've been here for 10 minutes. I've been listening to you guys. (laughs) You didn't show up on our screen until right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I listened to Farber make fun of me not being able to hook it while I'm sitting backstage in the green room, you know. And, uh... <laughs> so maybe um, uh, maybe you should, Farber, because, you know, you're critiquing Chris here. Maybe you should uh, go on YouTube, mm-hmm. find the video where the, uh, the two girls talk about the double jump, Shafani. It's um, your turn. Bowl. Ah, uh, got me. Got me. Yeah, you're kind of slow. That I'm might be cool. kind of slow. I'm very slow. The only reason why I came off the top ropes right off the bat here is because is because uh, Barney had to plug his name in there as homeless Ed's biggest fan, and uh, I actually uh, I interned at USBC for a summer, and I left everything, all the organization, to it for the, to the last minute. And Barnes and uh, Barney and his wonderful wife Linda and uh, his entire family welcomed me in for the summer in their house. Um, so. Chris gave me the nickname Homeless Ed, so uh, so that's that's the only reason why I came out here firing today. But I'm glad to have you on, Barney. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to see you employed. 
<laughs> oh yes. I, I think I think the thing here that happened today, right, is um, we talked before the program that uh, yesterday was a weird day and just streaming in general. This week with StreamYard having more people on it, it's been having some hiccups for us uh, a little bit. So, Chris, we are going to remove all negative energy that was t- thrown your way, and it's completely gone now. You did everything you were supposed to do today. However, I, I was thinking, as you heard, supposedly <laughs> – uh, that that you were gonna come at the very last minute because I did that to you last Friday. <laughs> well, I, you know, any perceptions you have, you know, based on your own realities, are, are not are not mine <laughs> to uh, to hold. So. I mean, nobody would describe Chris as being petty. <laughs> yeah. no. Frugal, frugal is the frugal. Word. Yeah, That's the... Uh, my good friend Mark Anderson said no one's going to out immature me. So, <laughs> so I think the first thing I wanted to to get to, we've got a we've got a lot of stuff to get to with you guys today. And uh, first thing is, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you guys were the pioneers in this particular space and figured it out before we did. And yesterday we had Tom Clark on, and he talked about uh, Barnes and and Stu. They'll figure out anything, you know, no matter what it is. And you guys did so. Here's a here's a big cheers to you. Uh, congratulations on figuring this platform out, getting her all figured out. And the shows you guys have been doing, the viewership you've been doing has just been absolutely outstanding. And I just wanted to start out by by saying that. Great job to you two for sure. And thanks for leading the way. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I do think, and, and you know, I think Stu said this several times on other shows too, but I think one of the keys is, is basically uh, – you know, everybody's sharing everybody else's stuff and collaborating a little bit. And we and we all grow, and the the more we all grow, I think uh, the better it is for uh, for everything for for bowling in general. So that's that's really that's really our only platform here is just trying to uh, you know we we're having a little fun and uh, and uh, letting people forget about what's going on here for for thirty minutes. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, last week you guys were nice enough to invite me to be part of your program, Mock Draft 2.0. Um, yeah. I believe Matt has uh, something queued up here for the folks that didn't see it that can uh, dissect and look at a look back at your Mock Draft 2.0 from last week. Cue it up, Matt. All right. Just let me know. If, make sure you guys can hear everything okay if the video starts playing. Sure. Nice. And uh, my pick, um, a big, big surprise here, is uh, Ryan Simonelli. Ryan Simonelli is my first pick. We're going with Patrick Hanrahan for our second pick. Patty Hanrahan, right here. We are selecting Matt McNeil for our third pick. We are going to take Michael Martell with our final pick. <laughs> so let's 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 get your guys' take. I know you guys I watched it and I know after after about three picks, you guys were just like, all right, this is just this is just this guy's just clowning clowning around right now. But I want to hear your guys' take on it. We also had Tom Clark on yesterday um to talk about a strategy, which we'll pull up here in just a minute. But I want to get your guys' take on my <laughs> strategy. And do you think that this all lefty feast or famine type team could ever win a championship in the PBA league. So let let's let's just break it down, right? Yeah, break it down first, Dale. Break it down. So the idea is of a mock draft is not to mock the host. 
<laughs> so inside 15 minutes, Mike made an hour and a half show. Fairly pointless. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. So, and according to some of the messages I had from a few of those left-handers, he didn't even, you know, their opinion was he didn't even pick the five best ones. So uh uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could you guys think that a team of left-handers, right? Regardless of the fact that Mike did mock you guys, um, and uh, the fact that he he was he was calling people in, he was official yet unofficial. He was yeah, yeah. All, all these antics, right? All 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 the BS aside, could a team of all lefties ever win a championship in the PBA league? I think we've all seen it. I think a team of any five bowlers could win the PBA league. Okay, and that's that's a good point. I mean, Mike and I were talking about that, and we were saying, you know. You guys are bowling on a modified house condition, right? It's not like you guys bowl on the U.S. Open. So you make – if you, the lanes are a little bit softer and you're dealing with the top 75 bowlers in the world, I think when you throw any five bowlers together, any five bowlers could potentially win. They could. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very short format. It, you need a little bit of luck. Uh, it, it is league condition, but they're not – they're, they can be a little tricky sometimes. I think the biggest problem with five left-handers is they have to follow themselves. And that's that's one of the big advantages. It's not like they're hard on the right. They just change a lot faster between shots because of all the rev rates some of the teams have. Right. Absolutely. And do you think that do you think that there would ever be, right, if you have five lefties, do you think there would ever be an instance where people on a team would intentionally, like, chalk up some balls and throw it off the left side and just try to trash the left side of the lane? Why the lefties bowling together and trash up the left side of the lane? That's, that's a good point. It's just, I mean, they're not used to bowling with that many lefties all in one go. Yeah. Why do you think, what, why do you think it's so good when you make it the round robin and there's like 12 lefties in the round robin? Right handers make a bunch of those shows. Yeah. That's not the weeks when the shows get dominated. It's when the, when there's only four and then all four make it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I'd almost leave it to leave them to it. The only advantage they would get is the fact that in the PBA league format, you bowl one game on the one lane and then you go across and bowl one game on the other lane. So it would be fresh, fresh for both teams, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Mike, are you going to stand up for yourself here? You're going to. No, what I'd like to do is we had the commissioner of the professional sports league called the Professional Bowlers Association on yesterday, and we asked for his opinion on my draft strategy. And I believe you have that now. Yeah, let's we'll add that up here. Catch my draft strategy. Yes, I saw I most of it. I saw most of it. I got your strategy after the first, after the second pick. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so, you know, I don't think it's a bad strategy personally. I don't. I really don't. I I'm, I was with you. I mean, I, you're drafting the whole team, right? And you're at a huge disadvantage by not having three Hall of Famers like some of the other teams have to start with. You know, um, I could have got one surefire Hall of Famer and Rash right out of the gate, but Everybody else in the draft pool, like, I just wanted to separate myself, and it was going to be feast or famine. And I was looking – I was seeking attention with my team. Like, wouldn't that be the lead story? When, all when lefty. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, I always get excited when that all-lefty team with Scroggins pulls the USBC open. Like, what's going to happen? Okay, you can cut it there. So, so he said – his quote was, he's with me. He was with me on, on, on the strategy. So – 
That was that's the commissioner of the league, you know. That's my response. I believe there's a line in Happy Gilmore <laughs> when they talk about there's a guy with an arm growing out of his ass. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, I always get excited. Um, where's the clip still coming? Okay, so anyway, um, so that, that's that's that. We wanted to talk about the draft. I, I think that that was awesome that you guys did a couple of mock drafts. I appreciate you bringing me on, and I thought Goodger was priceless as well with his background. That was awesome. You two were very entertaining. It has been brought up, you know, some guys drive, you know, and they get their midlife crisis. They get fancy cars. You know, sometimes the small guys will get really, really big trucks. Is that the thing behind the microphone there? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Just, Just passing along. I'm asking for a friend. You know, I, it, it was brought up that maybe there was compensation going on there. This this is the largest microphone in StreamYard history. It is, and it and it's black. So I just want to just mention that as well. Um, I take that for what it's worth. Now, Tom wants the mic though. Tom said he'd host our show if I boxed up the mic and sent it to him. What I the reason why I also thought you did a good job drafting. I know that's true. Uh, so <laughs> the reason why I got Mike is because we weren't first to the space. You guys were. I had to do something to separate myself, which is the sound. That's the only thing I could do. So you guys cost me four hundred dollars, and I'm going to send you a bill. Okay. Well, we'll make up for it. We both we both shared your um, our show today. You know the show we're on today. So you know we made up for it a little bit. You did. And before we get too far along. You guys do the Beef and Barnsy show in case people don't know for some reason. And where can people find the show? Uh, starting from uh, tomorrow when we have a uh, PBA uh, CEO, Collie Edison on, we'll be on the Beef and Barnsy Facebook uh, page, but we'll be sharing it on both of our pages. And then we also have a YouTube page. Um, unfortunately, I can't call it uh, Beef and Barnsy yet because I haven't had it 30 days. Um, but that's where it will be. Um, we've got all of our content minus the Don Barrett interview last night is up there. Um, so you can check that out. We're on uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. And you guys do an occasional uh, pop-in show on the weekends too, or at least have in the past? Yeah. yeah. Sean, uh, Sean Rash will be on Sunday at 5 o'clock. That moves around. Like the draft's on Saturday, so we're not going to have uh, we're not going to go up against the NFL draft. We're just going to have a late Sunday Sunday evening edition. I led with the NFL draft today. Do you guys have any any thoughts on the draft in general? Are you guys going to be tuning into that? I actually did a mock draft live on Facebook. It went out to a, at least four people. <laughs> the guy who hosted it had his sentence set to private, so only uh, so when I shared it, it was just a blank screen. That that sounds like something we would have done the first the first couple of shows. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> when we went live before we realized that Facebook didn't allow us to do two people at the same time anymore, and we held up a phone. Like that. That. <laughs> I think I think talking about the draft is a good segue to why I'm wearing a Tom Brady jersey today. Not only am I a fan of Tom Brady over the years, but we've got big news in, in football with him on the move from the Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. And with the draft up tonight, I believe 
I believe Matt uh, Matt has some things prepared for Stu um, that uh, he's got some information. Uh, he's been in touch with, I believe, TB12's group. Uh, what's going on there, Matt? Yeah, you know, I've been in contact with the Patriot organization, uh, Psych, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer organization, and the uh, Tom Brady Circle, his camp, um, his trainers, his family, and they know how big of a fan that Beef Stu is. And uh, they said, you know what, Stu? We're going to line up some trivia questions for you. Oh, boy. And when we uh, – if you get – if you get, I think we've got six six questions lined up for you. If you get four of these questions right, that you're going to be able to personally walk Tom Brady out of the tunnel at the home opener this year. All right. So I'm going to pull up these questions here. Oh boy. All right. Um, I'm actually, excuse me for a second here while I try to hide this bar. Um, well, you're not going to give me the answers. No, no, I'm not. Well, I'm going to have them here, but I'm not going to give them. Okay. Here, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm so, saying. I thought you were going to make a mistake. Right. Here. I don't know if you can see this. Let me try to, uh, let me, um, let me try to. Zoom. You can actually uh, just zoom in on the page. Yeah. Let's see. There we go. There we go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you see this a little bit better now? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. All righty. Cool. So what we've got going on here. So are you ready, Stu? Are you ready for this Tom Brady trivia? I'm born ready. All right, let's go. First question. It is well known amongst NFL fans that Tom Brady was taken by the New England Patriots in the sixth round of the 2000 NFL draft. How many quarterbacks were taken before Brady? Brady, six. Six. Okay, bonus question. You'll get bonus points for this, all right? Do you know the names of all six quarterbacks that were taken? No? All right, so we're just going to take – I mean, Gino Carmazio was taken before him. Yeah. Right. Giovanni Camazio, yeah. So here we go. So here's the answer. Chad Pennington, Giovanni Carmazzi, Chris Redman, T. Martin, Mark Bolger. Spoken win. Win. Right? All taken before Tom Brady. So, Stu, I'm impressed. You're one for one so far here. Right. These questions, right? He's going to get to walk him out, Matt, right out the tunnel. Yep. He's about, he's on pace. All right. Question number two, Stu. Tom Brady attended the University of Michigan between 1995 and 1999, earning the starting job at quarterback in his last two years. What was Tom Brady's touchdown to interception ratio during his time at Michigan? 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to unfortunately give you the, the X on that one. The answer was 30 to 17. His first, his first season, he only got a couple snaps and he didn't throw Basically, one and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially. Oh right. this, this was the answer. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it at 30 to 17. Um, so you're you're one for two, one for two. I mean, Thirty to seventeen is like a pretty like, yeah. Okay, next. Next, all right. Next question here. When Tom Brady made his debut start for the Patriots in 2001, he was doing so as the team's backup quarterback. Do you recall what injured player Brady was filling in for? So who was he filling in for? Yep. Like, who was the backup before Brady was the backup? Is that the question? No, I believe the question is Brady went into action because a player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Boom. Okay. I thought thought the question was a little more complicated than that. Yeah. No, that's it's. I mean, I I thought it really deep dove me on that one. I mean, no, no, I was just keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. Okay. Okay. All right, Ante. So you're at two or three. You only you only need two more right here. You're on pace. I mean, like I've answered the the, the non bullshit questions. So. Oh well, then pr- strap yourself in for these next couple because okay. uh, you might All get right. a little frustrated. <laughs> All 
All right, here we go. Question four. Brady did not get many opportunities in his rookie year at the Patriots. With Drew Bledsoe, the starting quarterback, he only had three pass attempts all season. Who is the first player to catch a pass from Brady? Givens. Mm, drum roll. Ron Rutledge. There you go. Ron Rutledge. <laughs> Mr. Ron Rutledge. All right. Two for four here. We're moving on. Question number five. Oh. God, you might have saw the answer. I might have just given you a freebie there. <laughs> might have given you a freebie. Question five. Tom Brady has garnered a reputation for his ability to put together game-winning drives. Against which franchise did Brady have his first game-winning drive? Hmm. I'll let you – how about this? We'll play a little. We'll, we'll throw a little lifeboat at you here. I'll let you phone a friend if you want to phone either Mike Flanagan and Chris Barnes here. I'll let you. I'll let you guys collaborate on this question because you need this question. Well, well, the thing is, is I, I can think of one, but I don't know whether that was the first one. It seemed quite early on. I mean, he did it against the Chargers. Mm. Now, do you feel confident enough with that answer, Stu? I, I honestly don't care enough. It's not like you. It's not like you on the approach. I, you know, I commit. <laughs> so I'll go with the Chargers. And he's right. Wow. He's right. That Great job, Stu. Great. Job. It's, 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 it's coming down to this one question that looks this like that. Could, we couldn't have scripted this any better. I threw that one real BS question in there. And, uh, and now we're in to the moment that we've all been waiting for. You need this one. Isn't reveal them all? What's that? You're literally revealing all of the answers. They're not the answers. Those are the most okay. important options here, Stu. Serving it up, lobbing oh, it up, got a 25% chance. Which of the following athletes went to the same high school as Tom Brady? Troy Glaus, Jason Kidd, Anus Williams, or Barry Bonds? Aeneas Williams. Matt. Aeneas, sorry. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that second E. Aeneas Williams, excuse me, or Barry Bonds. <laughs> I think I heard this, and I think it was Barry Bonds, but I don't know. Okay. I'm going to get Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, final answer. And he's right. Wow, yeah. Stu. We congratulations, Stu. Congratulations, Stu. You will be walking hand-in-hand hand with Tom Brady outside of the tunnel in Tampa Bay at their home opener this season. Congratulations. <laughs> this is a big moment uh, in bowling history. We'll have Just to make sure. So emotional. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Be Bonzi, I'll wear a beef and Bonzi shirt for it. So yeah. if I had a chalkboard, I think my chalkboard behind me would say, find someone to love you like Stu loves Tom Brady. I think that's what we would do. That's a fact. That's mm -hmm. a fact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a though. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Pats, but but uh, I love I love Tom Brady too. So Stu, what is your your outlook on Tom Brady this year? Uh, with with Tampa, have you converted over? Have you bought a jersey yet? Or no, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm still going to be a Patriots fan. I'm oh, a little yeah. disappointed though because now Gronk's gone. I'm really not into wearing like a jersey that's got the name of a player who isn't on the team. So while Gronk was retired, it was fine. I could wear a Gronkowski jersey. So now I've got to like you know I might be checking out who the first round draft pick is, um, or whatever because uh, I've got to figure out a new shirt. Funny fact. Um, when would it have been? 2013, I bought a Darrell Revis jersey. I've got a Darrell Revis Patriots jersey. 
And I really only bought it to fry Mike Fagan. Because <laughs> Fagan is a huge Jets fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when uh, Revis Island came to New England and won a Super Bowl, I just couldn't help it. So I bought a Revis jersey. So I have a one-season-worn Revis jersey. But I'm going to figure out where it is because I've moved houses a couple of times since I uh, bought that jersey. So i got to figure out which box it's in. Um, so, yeah. That's great. But as soon as Brady retires, I can go back to wearing Brady throwback jerseys. It's true. Until then, it's kind of a bit weird. It's true. Uh, Chris, uh, you've been a little silent on the program today. I believe Matt uh, has some has some attention for you there, don't you, Matt? Oh, oh yeah, I sure do. Always got some attention. Um, and you two have history, too, to let people know um, that don't know. But I believe Matt and uh, lived at your house for a while. Chris, is that right? Yeah, he talked about that earlier while you were ignoring him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh yeah, Barney yeah. and I uh we had plenty of uh plenty of uh warm summer afternoons hooping together, uh playing some two on two, playing some one on one, um, hanging out with the fam, going to watch Ryan play basketball. So Ryan's a tremendous hooper, the the mini Ron Baker is what I call him. And um yeah, it's just it was a blast and they took me in as one of their own and they'll they'll forever be like my third set of parents. I've got my real set of parents, I've got the O'Keefe's and I've got the Barnes, so um, I'll forever be grateful for that. Chris, could you share with us a story about Matt that maybe I don't even know? Something that uh, we could roast oh a little bit about here? Uh, well, well, we'll keep it, you know, non-mic related um, at least. So, uh, I, you know, I thought teenagers ate a lot right? until, until Homeless Ed came. And then I realized that our pantry just couldn't be big enough. My man could plow through some groceries. He is yeah. not afraid. It's always the skinny ones that are the most annoying. It's like he burns the calories lifting the spoon before it goes into his mouth. It's just not fair. Uh, yeah, he could plow. I could probably bring in a little help for a story. Well, uh, I, I know Linda's listening. I'm sure she has a couple of stories in there somewhere. Oh, but, uh, so if I send him out in the field to do work, I should give him a per diem and not just send me your receipts. I'm telling you, it would, yeah, the receipts will kill you. You better, you better keep a, a lid on that thing. He, All right. Writing it down. <laughs> him and Jesse Bus, the two guys that burn the most calories, just lifting the fork That's of any people in history, and allows them to eat everything. That's great. He's actually a good hooper for an East Coast guy, and you know, bad. not not bad. I'm, I'm okay. And he's a nice guy. You're like all the non stereotypes of an East Coast guy. I well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I got I got Linda coming in here. I was a great house guest and practice partner. That's right. We had plenty of days of going to practice. And I will say that when I made Team USA in 2018, the main reason why I decided to bowl again was because of the summer that I spent at Chris and Linda's house. Because they would take me to the bowling alley. They, you know, I would drill balls at their house that I would have. Um, you know, they would pr- I'd practice with them. And they would like encourage me to get back into it and start bowling more and whatnot. Um, so I, that summer was like a life changing summer for me. And I'll, I'll always, yeah, and that's right. I had this thing. Linda would get frustrated in practice when she would 10 pin. And I had this, I had this thing that I always told her. I was like, good bowlers leave 10 pins on, on the house china. And, um, and then you know she she went on to embrace that and have a good and, and have a good uh, I think yeah you guys went on to bowl the Lucy together that summer you guys finished third I think or second and um, it was it was just a, it was a great time it was a great summer. Hey, so, what led to this moment for you? 
And that's true. Is, everything is less to this moment. Stu, can I come live with you this summer with you and Tina, please? I mean, you had a chance until that draft. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the space. It's just not the desire. Okay. Oh, wow. Now, so we were talking, you know, we're talking Our about here, stories here. here. <laughs> we were talking about um, stories about me, but let's let's get into a little story about Barnes. Um, and you know, people talk about sometimes, you know, the uh, the great great two sport athlete of Walter Ray got a lot of recognition for his horseshoes. Um, you know, we talk about Bo Jackson, who is an all star in two sports. Um, I think we need to give a little bit more recognition. There's been a lot of recognition here, but I think we, it deserves more. Um, and so let's just pull up this clip here and give Barnes the two-sport recognition that he deserves. <laughs> um, and let me know that you guys can see this and hear this okay. But this is Chris Barnes circa, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, 1989, right? This is the yeah. 1989 yeah. putt-putt skins. Uh, this is – I always wanted to have Billy – Packer call my game, and uh, this turns out to by, by far be my best opportunity. That's great. All right, so I'm gonna. I don't know if that that was sounded all that. So I'm gonna turn it up um, a little tiny bit here. Make sure we can hear this. Linda is laughing so loud in the background. I can hear her. just oh, from the picture. Great. That's great. So let's let's get this going here. From my hometown, and they've always wanted to make TV, and so I'm not only playing for myself, but I feel like I'm playing for some of them too. <laughs> What an altruistic guy I am. That's follow through, dude. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. Get in your home. <laughs> Get in your home. I, sir, Matt, I can slightly add to this story here. Okay, okay. Let's 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 pause it here halfway through, Stu. We we played the uh the Cold Water event this uh this summer. <laughs> yes. And uh, they they have a um uh, a doubles put put event. Oh boy. Yeah, um, golf, but yeah. Either way, <laughs> my man went out with his scorecard in the afternoon, making notes. Loved it. Love it. We, we, we want to go from the left side of the tee box on this one, right side over here. There's Love it. Rock. If you hit that, you're all good. Love and it. And, and I never uh, realized there was so much into it until Barnes had like, a sheet of paper with like topography, like for a card. Boom. That's great. And I think also, before we the rest of this video, we had a, we had a little pre-show challenge here. I got a phone call from Mike and he's like, yeah, we're going to talk about this, uh, this putt-putt stuff. And uh, Mike's Mike said he, he would love to put a challenge out to Chris Barnes on the putt-putt. Mike was a, uh, Mike spent quite a, quite a bit of time at a mini golf course and uh he wants to see what it's like to play against one of uh one of what was one of the best in the world at, at one point <laughs> i can tell you a long time ago where where would you like this challenge to happen michael i don't know we just have to figure it out the problem is normally you're competing in an event and i'm there working my tail off uh and we just don't normally have that uh a line but sometime it will work out and we will do it cold water bonds is already got the notes oh no if we're gonna do it like Lubbock, Lubbock, I think actually has has like a legit putt putt course, or they used to. I don't know if it's still there. 
the putt putt yeah. brand was amazing back in the day the the orange uh sidewalls and everything but uh yeah i managed a miniature golf course for two years and uh i love putt putt and matt even has said before that i'm really good at things that don't matter and that definitely is one of them so i would love uh for you and i to um have a game and we record it uh Ooh, no we gotta we gotta live stream it we're not gonna record it we're gonna live stream it yeah, I think the post-production, though, could really really be astonishing and be one of the most trending things on Twitter for the day uh, between Chris and I. Yes. Well, if we called um, – maybe if we called William Hill, we could get some action on it. Uh, being as, you know, it's not like they've got a great deal of stuff to book right now. That's true. <laughs> and if you agreed to social distance, like, you know, maybe Chris started the ninth and you started the first – you know, Chris starts the 10th. Yeah, I love that idea. We got people that actually want to pay per view this thing. So we've got a revenue generating idea we can talk about off air. This would be great. And I think I think Farber and Stu would be great commentators for it. So I the think, four yeah. of them. not to burst your bubble, but Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, and uh, Phil Mickelson are doing it. That isn't pay per view. So not sure the pay per view revenue is going to be. <laughs> I think Chris and I are on the same page on this one. <laughs> Uh, let's let's play this the rest of this clip here. Oh please, let's do. <laughs> this is in Augusta, Georgia, by the way. Yeah, this is in Augusta. Mark Kalkovecchia came out that week because the, the Masters was actually the next week. Gonna go at all. Got a chance. He's got it. I can't beat that. I was relatively certain I was the best athlete on the course right this Look time. At that. Let's pull that back. Look at that lot yes. of cash. $7, Damn. And look at him just salivating over it right now. How much did that pay? That was it was seven grand. I won three holes that were with some carryovers, and so it was seven. It was seven holes worth of uh, of cash, which, as a freshman in college, that easily quadrupled my net worth. <laughs> Maybe my my total earnings of my life at that point. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's great. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, that's how did you get into becoming competitive with Putt Putt? Like everything, dumb luck. My, my mom worked at a place that had a nursery, uh, like a, a greenery nursery. And the, the local place had had two Putt Putt courses, a goofy golf course, and a par three. And uh, so she would drop me and my friend off in the morning. We'd go play like 27 holes of par three and then run around this Putt Putt course. And I was still there when they had a little local tournament every Wednesday at I don't know, six o'clock or something. I was still there waiting for Mullen to pick me up. And I'm not really playing the right shots when these tournament guys came in, but I was making enough of them. They told me about it. And then I was using my yellow ball or whatever. And they go, well, you have to have an official ball. And I went and played this tournament, didn't know what I was doing. And eventually the Midwest Putters Association came and played a tournament in that course. By then I played a few local tournaments. I won the match play, which got me a spot in the grand finals. And then I finished like third in that. And, uh, I turned pro like a year later as 15, 14 years old or whatever it was. And then, uh, uh, you know, it just led into that whole, into that whole thing. That's cool, man. Stu, what's, what's, what's your second sport, man? Um, it's a British game. It was, it was, it was crown green bowls. Cranberry bowls. <laughs> no crown. It's like you play it's bowls, but you play on a, you play on an uneven, um, green okay so. and you, you played that often yeah i was national junior champion in england 
Oh, do you see how he just threw that out there like that? He was just, yeah, just a national junior champion in England. No big deal. Yeah, we kind of. I mean, England is the size of Indiana, so I mean, this is <laughs> fair, but. I, I did a little calculation here, guys. I looked up the inflation calculator while we were talking here. Yeah. This is how much uh, that $7,000 win would be worth today. There you go. Nothing like sinking some putts and cashing some checks, man. Serious bowling question for you, Chris, as we uh, digress a little bit and get into what probably people want or traditionally want to hear more of, is we did have a nice question up here on the screen. Uh, and it's, I think it's a good point, um, which was something about, uh, what's, what, what was better for the skins, Matt, can you find that skins for, oh, here it is. Yep. Uh, Zarkov asks, what was more fun putt putt for skins or skins with the pros? And the reason why I bring that up is in these, uh, formats that are short and sweet and frame at a time, like hole at a time, you've probably paid for most of your house with those type of formats. Do you think that the putt-putt got, got you mentally ready to be able to perform on those shows better? Uh, you know, I think the irony is like most of the time when you do something early on and have success, it, it does lead you into feeling like that's how things are supposed to happen. Uh, it, it did not carry over so much into actual PBA television shows, as you can see. And that became that reality for a little while. That's how that was supposed to happen. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's dumb luck. Some people are just wired that way and, and are pretty good at it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't, ironically, I don't really like the short formats much. Uh, the better I became, the less I wanted short formats. I wanted longer ones that, that gave me more time. But uh, I've been pretty fortunate in these, these skin games and Motel 6 and skill shot, you know, the, the gimmick the gimmick tournaments, uh, you know, we joked that Mike Roth, the old PBA producer, he's, he made me pretty much this house uh, by putting those kind of uh, uh, made-for-TV events together. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, when you look at your earnings over the years, uh, you, I'm sure you're an analytical guy. Have you figured out where you've earned most of your money bowling? Because you, you had a tremendous amateur career as well that most people don't talk about these days. No, they don't talk about it. But anybody's talking about the amateurs make more than pros. I mean, they make more than some pros for sure. But I had a bunch of years where I made more than a hundred grand, and I didn't have very many years where I made that bowling amateur that didn't include spending. I mean, the bracket money. Yeah, you make a lot of bracket money, but you have to spend a massive load of entry fee, basically, to make that bracket money. And uh, and so it, that's not that's not realistically. Uh, maybe Timmy did when he was winning all around the world and, you know, three and four and 5,000 at a time. And then the guys with a hundred thousand game, you know, 300 games there for a while, they can make some, some big cash, but mm -hmm. those are pretty far, far in between. I, I made the lion's share of money for sure on the PBA tour. Stu, uh, back to you for a moment. Um, in bowling, I, I want to ask you, what is, what is your greatest bowling accomplishment or what you're most proud of that you've done? The thing that comes to mind for me was when you had, I believe it was one hell of a World Series of Bowling uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago where I believe you you were really the man to beat on a day-to-day -day basis. Would that be it or something else? Well, obviously having a show with my bowling hero would be it, though. I mean, that's, you know, that that, that that's going to be a lifelong achievement. I mean, can you imagine how you'd feel, Funnigan, if you, if, if you could replace uh, Faber with uh, Weber? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
tell me about it. And that's what you live every day doing exactly. a show. Right? Yeah, every other day. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think that um, I think that my uh, yeah, I think that that was probably the best I ever bowled for a week, and it was unfortunate that the lane guy decided, uh, or, or Reno and the lane guy and the and the tournament guards decided that the left-handers were going to run us over that time because the left-handers weren't very close. And then we started playing the world championship pattern and it didn't seem to matter what the right-handers tried. Every time we drilled a new ball, it worked for a couple of frames less. Yeah. That was a uh, Gary Fortner went past me. Like, um, like I was stood still and I was bowling the best I'd ever bowled in my life. And he beat me by like 500 on that one pattern. So there was Gary and Scott Norton and Rhino and um, Simonelli, I think. All of them bowled um, f- fantastic in that round robin. But they had a special practice session the night before. All sharpened up their tools right before the, uh, the round the only, robin. The only thing I will say about that, which was funny at the time, but it probably wasn't that fair, was that I remember looking at the standings one game, and it was probably about halfway through the last block, I think it was. And somebody had updated the standings, and it said, uh, EJ Tackett, R. Gary Fortner, L. Ryan Simonelli, L. And they'd literally put every single player they'd put, whether they're left-handed or right-handed, on the standings. And I remember the lefties went crazy about it. And then like a game later, that was gone. Keep in mind what we're talking about here and what we led off with with our first topic of the day, but we're not going to go there anymore. The next thing I want to get into with the two of you is you two, you two do have uh, something very much in common besides the bowling, besides the, the smartness between the ears, and, and besides the wonderful looks that the two of you have. The one thing that you guys have been able to do, um, which, which is incredible, probably the greatest feat you've ever pulled off, is the fact that you guys have outkicked your coverage in the female department. So we're going to get started with you, Stu. Um, I'd like to bring up a picture here. Um, this is Stu with his beautiful bride, Tina. Yeah. And I would like to ask you, um, if any of us other men out there, maybe some single guys that are listening, uh, what what did you do to lure Tina uh, to want to, to to be with you and marry you and have children with you? child but yes um i think it was just the accent you think so yes i mean i'm fairly sure of that <laughs> can you describe your feeling in this photo right here uh man she's screwed now <laughs> <laughs> i think That's a little how mike interviews pete right there that it was is. that was actually the second that was the second wedding as well Yep, and uh, I believe we have the first one in here as well. Don't we have another photo, Matt? No, you you only gave me these two, Stu. That's fine. The first picture was – I think the first picture was the first one, if I recall correctly. No, that was the second one too. Second one too. That was I the one in England. Right? That was the one in England, yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations, man. Uh, and could you uh, talk up your wife a little bit about her bowling skills? Because I don't think she gets enough credit either. She was quite an accomplished bowler as well. Yeah, uh, Tina's a two-time uh, Team USA. Um, she was a All-American, I believe, in college. I don't really follow college bowling, so, you know, Faber could probably tell me better. He's like an encyclopedia of pointless college bowling knowledge. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, um, 
we won the uh, national mixed doubles together uh, in Reno. Um, Flanagan wouldn't give me an incentive for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to double dip that. Um, yeah, um, she's also now on the uh, board of uh, board of directors for the USBC, uh, freshly minted. Yeah, this week. Yes. So, um, yeah. Fantastic bowler. She is. And uh, even a better person to be able to put up with you. And um, I believe I spent a little bit of time with her in an extra frame booth once as well in Detroit. So Tina's quite the uh, uh, extra frame commentary critic. Um, you, You could almost have a show dedicated to Tina describing some of the people who've been extra frame commentators. That could be entertaining. I'm sure some feelings would get hurt. I'd like, yeah, I'm sure mine would for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of Pete Weber clips. There was, and now Chris, um, you also yeah. have uh, outkicked your coverage. Um, everybody knows that uh, that Linda is a better bowler. That was in England. A better lover. Um, just about everything better than you. And uh, how do you know that? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't even know the answer to this. Uh, I, Farber, hey, honey, I, come on in here. Farber I had on. a conversation about it. Farber was. <laughs> don't you dare bring me into your <laughs> Don't you dare throw me under the bus here, Mike Flanagan. I'm abandoning ship on this one. You, you did this to yourself. Okay, I'm going to write this down too. Farber finally got a backbone today on the program. All right, right. <laughs> uh, but this, we found this photo here. Chris, could you describe this one for us? Uh, I think this is the World 10 Pin Masters. Uh, she was also bowled in that event uh, about three minutes after shoulder surgery. So, and Jeez. she she bowled uh, the giant dude from Germany, left hander. Uh, he was like six ten, and she's five three. They set it up to where it's like David and Goliath, even though she was by far the better bowler. But she was not left handed, so she did not win that match. Mm. And uh, uh, therefore, your team that you drafted does have a chance. Thank you. And. Uh, as ridiculous as it is. Um, yeah, so this is just a, a little celebration. And this one here, what this is uh this is for our charity when we were setting up the strikeout diabetes. So uh, uh, we got hooked up with JDRF, uh Diabetes Research Foundation there in Dallas, and uh, they had us down and did a little a little picture, a little photo shoot with the fam. Nice. I, I think that gets overlooked a lot too. The work you guys really put into that. What was it like when you guys uh, realized that you had to deal with with that disease, and and what made you guys kick into gear so quickly to want to get involved and raise money to try to find ways to combat it? Well, I'm not sure if you know this about my wife, but but she's uh, she's fairly dedicated <laughs> to to whatever she's doing, and so she wasn't bowling on tour at the time, and and she wants to be in control, and uh, that. It's not, you know, juvenile diabetes is not anything you can ever control. It just bounces around. You never, you never really get your hands around it and go, oh yeah, we got it, we got it handled now because everything changes it. Whether it's, you know, the wind, the wind blows, uh, you know, some anxiety, performance, uh, adrenaline, it all changes everything. And when you're a teenager and and before that, it just it's nonstop. So 
she dove in, and the one way she felt like she could she could have some control over is to raise money and to help help JDRF uh, try and find a cure. And so she was, uh, well, she was pretty much all of that that foundation's work, and certainly uh, the reason why it grew to what it what it did grow. Uh, I think about four hundred thousand dollars over a, a period, of, you know, a fairly short period of time she raised. Yeah, pretty outstanding stuff you guys have done with that, and. Uh... I think it gets overlooked just all the things that that you've done in bowling a lot of people just want to talk about your decorated career as being a, a professional bowler but your career as a putt-putt champion your career as a collegiate uh, all-american and amazing bowler team usa uh your amateur career and then deciding to go pro finding linda you guys being bowling's power couple or one of them and then the work you've done with with charity work and then the work that you've done to just continue the sport in general with all the things that you do. And just like you started off the show, you and Stu share this as well. We all need to promote each other to grow and take everything forward. And um, I think that uh, you two guys, what you guys have done with your show, what you guys have done with your bowling careers, how you guys have both found women in bowling and continue to dedicate yourself to bowling really sums up the two of you, which is the exact same thing that Matt and I have. And a lot of people that watch this show. So, Kudos to the two of you for all that you've done for bowling and also your humor that you bring is my favorite accolade that you guys do in bowling and your unfilteredness many times. So I appreciate all you guys have done for bowling in general. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. There, there is one question that I'd really love you to bring up oh boy. here in your chat. Guy Pryor. Oh, boy. It says, if you make a composite bowler... <laughs> not that, not that one, Mike. Jeez, man. What would it look like? I feel like it would involve a lot of arguments. <laughs> <laughs> There's two guys who, basically, in the history of their bowling career, have never ever been wrong before a shot. <laughs> I mean, fun story. Wrong a lot after that, but yeah. <laughs> fun story. When uh, when when we did the first PBA league. Chris, um, in his wisdom, thought that uh, it was actually going to be a long-term play. Like, you know, we we're going to have the teams, and that was that. So Chris drafted um, uh, Dom, Josh, and myself, and then I think Nathan Ball was our last guy. And and something I forgot about, John Van Hees was actually our sixth guy. So uh, Callahan, as soon as this was gone, he goes, oh, my God, team never wrong there because he was dealing with me and Dom. And then of course he'd known Chris for the best part of 25 years. So it was, it was, it was very funny. That was, that was the uh, original atom split as team never wrong. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I remember that when they had six on, on the teams guys, we're, we're pretty much out of time here, but we could go on and on. And we really appreciate you guys coming on this show and paving the way for us to be able to do a show Make sure everybody tune in to Beef and Barnsey Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Who's who's your guest tomorrow? Coley Edison. That's right. You said that. So yeah. yeah. That'll be a good one. I'll definitely be tuning into that for sure. Uh what time is it? Is it three o'clock? Three o'clock Eastern, yeah. Three Eastern. Three o'clock. Hey Mike, Eastern. thank you. You're really you know, you're you're one of the trailblazers in this in this space and you're doing stuff on your own when uh, you know, without extra frames help and doing a lot of small tournaments and regional tournaments and uh, you were doing a lot of things that really without a lot of profit to yourself. So 
that's nice that you give us a little credit for for this, but you're you're really the uh, the pioneer in this in this space. So I appreciate what you do. Uh, we know you got uh, Brad and Kyle and kicked them, got them kick started as well. So uh, and without them, I, I I doubt we would be doing much either. So that's the last compliment I'm probably ever giving you. <laughs> Good thing we got it recorded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Flanagan Flanagan's probably going to clip that and have yeah, it. he marked that spot right yeah, there. One hundred two thirty six. Do anything. Uh, no, we appreciate we, we appreciate what you've been doing and uh, the help that you've given us when we've uh, asked you a few questions. Um, as I uh, tread lightly into the YouTube world, I'll no doubt ask you uh, hit you up for some more uh, queries. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I hope everybody continues to uh, produce live content that people can watch. And uh, yeah, let's all uh, try and have a common goal of getting more people just watching any of the bowling and I think even something as boring as baseball once I started to look into it a little bit more I found it easy to you know the more information you get the more anything becomes more interesting so we've just got to get more of the bowling information out there to to people and make them fall in love with the sport like we are absolutely guys thanks for joining us really appreciate it okay see you later thanks, so there you have it Matt um Good show today. Fun Great show. show. Probably the most uncomfortable you've felt on a show yet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's how you gauge whether or not a show went well, but uh, there's there's certainly some moments, but I just, I love Stu. I love Chris. They are uh, both obviously incredible bowlers, PBA champions, best two of the best in the world, but they're just hilarious. They really are. And if there's one thing I've learned is that there are certain guys on the tour that you really want to make sure you stay on their good side. And those are definitely two of them, because if you're on the wrong side there, their uh, wittiness can actually play against you. So it's just great to have them on. They're doing great stuff for bowling. Um, and yeah, it just shows, you know, like nobody has an excuse during, even, even during this tough time of, you know, quarantine where we really can't do much. There's, there's always a way that we can all work together to grow the sport. And I think it's amazing what they're doing. Definitely, dude. And you've been doing a great job on the show, too. The episode nine here in the books got a programming update for the next couple of uh, episodes for our program. To those of you that made it this far along um, tomorrow, our show will be um, an hour later. We will be on just about an hour later. We'll have Carolyn Doran Ballard on tomorrow. Really looking forward to that program. It'll be our first female guest today. We had our first two guests join us. and I think it went pretty well. Um, I think it went good. What do you think, Matt? Pretty good. Having yeah, I think it's. Guys? I think it helped that they're seasoned vets when it comes to this live streaming show thing. And, and then we we screwed the pooch at the beginning with Barnes. I, I I don't know why he didn't show up. We got to figure that out. We've never tested with two guests, so I don't know if he went down below and he popped in and out or whatever. He did disconnect a couple times, but we got to figure that out. We got to get better as we're in week. We yeah, absolutely. And then next week, um, we, we've had some programming changes already happened that you and I've talked about behind the scenes. But on Monday's program, we're going to have DJ Archer and Tommy Jones on the show together. And they're like best friends. So oh boy. That, should be, that should be like the, the second installment here of the dynamic duos. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when you have DJ and Tommy together. And then we're going to have uh, Adam Barda next week uh, as well. Um, we're going to have EJ Tackett and I believe uh, Brett Spengler at the same time will be on together. Um, we've got Jim Callahan's going to join us, uh, who's a mutual friend with uh, with Barney. And uh, and then uh, Brian and Shannon O'Keefe are going to join us at the same time as well, which will be Roast Matt Day. Next I week. know this. I'm, I'm dreading. I'm dreading. 
I'm dreading. I love them to death. I know they're going to put me on the spot and roast me because that's what they love to do. So, And tomorrow the USBC has a show. That's why we're moving back an hour. And um, I may or may not be involved in that program tomorrow. You'll have to stay tuned. Make sure you watch USBC. It'll be on Bull TV and on Facebook, I believe, tomorrow is that program. Some updates from Chad Murphy. And uh, looking forward to that uh, as well. So that's the show today again, Matt. We can't we can't squeeze it inside the hour anymore. No, we can't. We can't. But it's okay, man. You know, maybe that'll be our thing. We always say it goes an hour, and yet it goes an hour, eight minutes, now nine minutes. But it's okay. Having a blast doing it. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Episode eight in the books, man. Blind sure ball. is. Thanks for watching, everybody. Enjoy the NFL draft tonight. I know I am. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.